Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. Today's podcast is Isaiah chapter 5a. In the last podcast in chapter 4, we heard Isaiah's prophecy of the time in the future days when corruption will be gone from the land and the people of Judah will be just and righteous and God will serve as their protection. In this chapter, chapter 5, God laments how he was already there as our protection. For all this time that he allowed the nation to be built and allowed to bring them into the land and build a temple and so on. But despite getting all those favors, we messed up. And despite having all the opportunities, through our own choices, we established an unjust and corrupt society. This chapter is known often as the Song of the Vineyard, or in Hebrew, Shirat HaKeram. It is hauntingly beautiful in its poetry, but no song is as sad as a love betrayed, and what starts as something beautiful and full of charm ends disastrously in callousness, carelessness, and destruction. My name is Saul Weinreb, and I am your host for this podcast. We will begin chapter 5 with verse A. Ashira na lididi, shirat dodili karmo, kerem hayalididi, bikeren ben shaman. Let me sing for my beloved a song of my lover about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a fruitful hill. Israel and Judah have been compared several times to a vineyard in the first four chapters. And Isaiah continues with this metaphor. At this point, God and his people Israel are portrayed as lovers. And God wants to do anything he can to give them the opportunity to grow. He broke the ground, he cleared it of stones, he planted it with choice vines, he built a watchtower inside, and even hewed a wine press inside. For he hoped that it would yield beautiful grapes. But instead, it yielded bi'ushim. The exact translation of bi'ushim is somewhat controversial. It may mean wild, inedible grapes or some other type of fruit, or it could also mean thorns. God hoped for grapes, and instead he got thorns. How many times have parents and teachers thought about this type of frustration? How much have I done for this student or child? How much potential they had? How much opportunity I gave to him or her? But ultimately, we all need to admit that success or failure depends upon the individual, not upon us. It is their choices that make them great or terrible, successful or failures, just or inconsiderate, arrogant or humble. Now, you, God turns to the people and says, you, the dwellers of Jerusalem, and the man, men of Yehuda, but Ish is in the singular, you be the judges between me and my vineyard, God says to the people. He asks them, you be the judge. Tell me if there's anything else I could have done. Clearly God understood and knew that the Jewish people knew that there was nothing else he could have done. They had every opportunity to do right. What more could I have done for my vineyard that I did not do? Why is it, God says, as if he himself was suffering, that I was hoping to get beautiful grapes and instead I got thorns? I'm going to tell you, God says, what I'm going to do with my vineyard now. I will remove the fence I built around it, and it will be open to be destroyed. 
I will break down its wall that it may be trampled. This is what God will do. God is not saying that he's going to punish directly. Rather, he will do something worse. He will leave us to fate. As the Torah teaches in Vayikra and Leviticus 26, 27, and 28, where the, where the verse says, V'halachtem imi bekeri, v'halachti imochem b'chamat keri. Targum Yonatan on that Pasuk says that that means, and you went with me, that God turns to the Jewish people, bekeri, which he translates as arai, which comes from the Aramaic word akrai, which means chance. You treated me as if the world was just chance, as if there was no God, and I will treat you and leave you in the hands of fate, in the hands of chance, and not intervene. As human beings are the actual perpetrators of the evil, as if God himself says, I will stand aside. This reminds one of the popular saying that darkness is just the absence of light. I will make it a desolation, I won't prune it, I won't hoe it. It shall be overgrown with briars and thistles. I will command the clouds to drop no rain upon it. The metaphor teaches us that anything we achieve in life needs to be taken care of. And when we reach a certain place, we cannot just sit and enjoy our achievements. They always need to be nurtured in order to maintain their success. As soon as we withdraw our efforts, things will begin to sink into disrepair. For the house of Israel is God's vineyard, is the vineyard of the God of hosts. And the man, again in singular, of Judah, Nitasha Ashuav. He is his lovingly tended seedlings. This verse is one of the most beautiful but most haunting pieces of poetry in the book of Isaiah. But I would like to point out several things about how Isaiah refers to the people of Israel. This is one of the many, many places where Isaiah refers to the people of Israel as a man. Bear that in mind as we continue to study this book together, and you'll understand in further chapters why this is important. It also clearly refers to the people of Israel as God's, singling, as God's seedlings, which backs up our interpretation of the word semach, in the last chapter, verse 2, as a reference to the people of Israel. But most important in this verse are the words of Isaiah at the end of the verse. Vayikav mishpat mispach. Isaiah takes the word for justice and righteousness, tzedek mishpat, and turns them into, instead of mishpat, mishpach which he takes justice and turns it into the spilling of blood. Tzedakah, which means righteousness, and turns it into the word se'akah, which means the cries of the abused and the poor. Behold, God says, I hoped for tzedek, umishbat, and in, I hoped for justice and righteousness, and instead I got mishpach utzakah, I got injustice and the cries of the oppressed. Thank you for joining for 5A on our podcast. Looking forward to having you again as we continue chapter 5 in podcast Isaiah 5b.